0: Excellent. Two weeks. Everyone said. Two, two, two Two. Two weeks to go before we officially launch. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? You're doing a service tonight. What are you talking about launching in two weeks? Well, the way we look at it is basically if people come because we say it's a launch, we'll just keep launching every week. Um, but not really. We've been on a journey of about the last six months. We've been preparing, getting this building ready. We signed on the building in about February time. And we've just been spending our time trying to do the best that we can with every room in this place, and because we want to honor God, and we want people to, if you see on the wall on the way in there, our vision is we want people to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and then to make a difference, because we believe that's what God has designed us all as humans to do anyhow, and so we just want people to see that, we want blind eyes open, amen? And so... Uh, Manny done a phenomenal job with that video, and we're going to put that out in social media uh, tonight. Um, all being well, and, but what we need is we need a share. We need sh- people to be bold enough to share. it. The reason being is, from a practical reason, a-, a share is nearly like a signpost, and the more signposts we have up on the on the on the digital uh, internet, then the more opportunities people get to drive past. If that makes sense. Um, and so for instance I would love to reach 100,000 people online and we're going to throw money at it but there's no point us throwing money at it and resource at it that we've been saving for unless uh, we've got the signposts up on people's Facebooks uh, and so if we have 10 shares we might be able to reach twenty, thirty thousand. 30,000 but if we have thirty, forty 40 shares um, then we could hit 100,000, 200,000 people um, because we want to see God move uh, and so if you're willing to give us one share per year, now's the time. We're going to cash in on that. If you can just give us one share, I, I hope it's not a, a video that you would not be ashamed of. I think it's a pretty good video. Marty, you happy enough with it? All right, it's all right. It's average. No, no, it's excellent. And so 40 seconds on your time feed, it could change someone's life upside down if we could just one share. And so, you know, you know, just to let you know, God's already moving in this place. We've been doing morning services and just building team, uh, building our kids team, building our worship team, and, and we're always building, we'll always be building, because until we die, until there's breath in our lungs, God wants to move, amen? And, uh, and so we feel like we're just about ready, six months in, and we're going to put billboards up in the town there. Um, just across from the Regal there, just the wee car park, as you go over the bridge, just, there's two billboards uh, uh, facing you as you come to the lights. We're going to put a, bu- uh, a sign up at a bus stop, and then we're just going to go hard on social media, because we want to make a difference, because we want to, we believe God is the same God that we read about in the Old Testament and the New, uh, and we believe uh, He's got great days ahead for this community. We believe God wants to do something new, something fresh, and uh, when God brings in new wine, he also needs a new wine skin, and so we believe we can reach some people that don't like church, don't feel they've connected to church, maybe got offended or or felt judged in church. Uh, I feel like we might be a fit for some people. We're not the church for everyone, but I feel like we'll be a church for some people, and uh, the statistics currently show that 71% of people do not attend church in this local area and in, in Northern Ireland. Uh, which means out of the 100,000 approximately that live in this area, there's, there's 71,000 people that that don't know God potentially um, and maybe aren't connected to His church and His, his mission. Uh, and so we want to do something about that. And uh, I, I would love for you to come on board and even just help us out a little bit. But So we're in a series. Um, just before I go into that, sorry, um, we're also going to do a Heart for the House next week, and that's really parallel to the launch. Um, the Heart for the House is really, uh, w- this is a house, it's God's house, it's got many rooms, there's youth rooms, there's kids rooms, there's, there's uh, this main, main room, uh, there's growth track rooms upstairs, uh, and so we, we want to always improve, make things better, we want to bring people on staff, because we're not thinking small, we're not thinking like a little corner church not that there's anything wrong with that, but, but we just believe God has called us to make impact and not just think on, on a, you know, sometimes as Irish people, we, we struggle with that. We, we don't think we're maybe worthy, um, or we don't think, have a big vision. We don't, it's nearly, it's nearly like an insecurity thing. I think we all struggle with it at times. It's only Irish people, or if we hear our accent on the news, <laughs> what's your automatic reaction? Oh, that's terrible. Until you heard Conor McGregor, now you love it. You're all trying to do a, a southern brogue. Um, and so we want to think big. We want to believe big. And I think one thing we have as a as a culture is we're good with small. We're good in, in community. We're good at doing family life. And we want to hold on to that. But we want to get better at, at thinking big and believing that God's a big God and God can do big things. And I think if we get that tension right and that balance between the big and the small, we have something that could really have a massive impact on, on many lives. Amen. So we're going to go into the second part of a series that we, we're calling "Who We Are," um, because so many people are walking around today and they don't know who they are. They don't know who I am, uh, uh, they're they're in an identity crisis. They don't know uh, what way to go or what way to think or even who you know. What they should like or dislike they 're just kind of going on this emotional roller coaster, and so who we are is so important we 're not coming here uh, deciding every week who we are. we know who we are um, God has told us who we are, and so as a as a team, as a family, as a group we 've got to walk in that protect it and and continue to move into all that God has called us to and so um Last week we talked about our first message, which was who we are number one, is Jesus is our message. There's no other name upon which man can be saved ap- apart from Jesus. Um, and so that's, that's our message, it's plain and simple. Uh, he's the name above every name. There's only one name we will lift up, it's the name of Jesus. There's only one name that will bring people from life, or from death to life, Jesus the name R8, before you ask me afterwards, let me explain. R stands for resurrection, and the 8 stands for new beginnings. The 8th day of the week is, the, is, the, is the, the first day of the next week, because 7 is complete. The 7 days are complete, and so Jesus is our message, because Jesus is all about bringing dead things back to life. And maybe you've come in here tonight, and you feel discouraged. Well, well, I've got good news for you. There's hope. There's, there's good news of life. And then we talked about how people are our priority, number two. It's um, so easy in church life just to get into a routine, into a system, and into uh, just going through the motions of church and just sitting there and leaving. And then it's all about, I don't like the color of the walls. I don't like the coffee. I don't like how, how such and such that parked in my space. And we get all about, what are we talking about? People. Jesus died for people, not your parking space, not your seat in church, not the third row on the right. He died for people. And so uh, our second uh, value is people are our priority. Why? Because God's all about people. Jesus died for people. And then thirdly, uh, we talked about last week about how, um, what did we talk about? Who was here? Yes. Yes. Passion is our response. When Jesus met the woman at the well, she responded with passion. Not, not, trying to, not fake passion where I'm going to go and ask people to come to church because the pastor told me to. That's not real passion. That's fake passion. It's, it's passion that when she entered into the presence of God, into G, if she met Jesus, she ran away and says, come and see for yourself. Because If Jesus is Jesus, he doesn't need you to defend him, he's Jesus. But but if you experience him, he changes you to the point where, hey, you got to. I need to tell someone about this this man that has changed my life. And I don't know about you, but that's why you know we tried to create an environment that represents Jesus. Something that you know that this is changing lives, this is changing my life. I, I want you to come, my friends who hate church or live in their own way and, and they feel broken and hopeless, come and see. I need to bring you somewhere where you're going to feel accepted, you're going to feel loved, they're going to speak about purpose, they're going to speak about hope. I need to bring you to come and see. You've got to you gotta come and see. And, and, and so we're going to move on to the, to the, the next few here. Um, So the next point we want to talk, I'm going to brush through the the two I done uh, this morning uh, pretty quick, and then we'll finish off for the last two um, today. Um, And so the first one I want to talk about is unity. Unity in a culture where we're used to disunity, sides, in an island where there's north and south, and you bring someone from a different country over, and it's a struggle to explain what's going on. disunity. The Bible says, let's just bring it up real quick, um, in Psalm 133 it says, God blesses unity. I've seen that, that over and over again. He, he blesses unity in marriage, in families, communities, nations, and in the church. When Christians from different churches, traditions, denominations come together in unity, that's where God commands the blessing. Everyone say, unity. And so unity is God's way. We're not. We're not. Hey, we're, we're for the church. We're not competing with local churches. We're for the church. And so we're not going to. We don't want to be a church that speaks bad of, or we're doing better than them, or 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 have that competitive natural spirit. That's not of God. God is for the church. God is for people. God is for unity. And so if we want to be known for what we're for and not what, more so what we're for than what we're against. Too many churches and too many Christians are known for what they're against rather than what they're for. Before you start telling people what they should and shouldn't do, how about you make sure that you're, stop taking deposits out of the bank when there's no money in there because you're going into the red. And that's what happens when people start telling people what to do or how they should live. But have you loved them? Have you invested in them? Have you believed in them? Have you served them? Well, well, really, you don't have a right to control them or correct them then. Um, I was just thinking about, we're talking about this morning, about anyone watched the fight last night, Big McGregor? No? Everyone hit one person? Everyone's like, Phil, I can't believe you watch that stuff. You are a sinner. You're right. Um, I am. I kind of think it's, enjoy- it's enjoyable. Just to watch craziness. It's, it's real life, but it's hard to believe it's real life. And and there was absolute chaos, disunity in the ring. Why? Because there was dishonor before it happened. There was an investment of dishonor. There was abuse. And then eventually it just got completely out of control. And here's the the funny thing. It's fun at the time. It's it's good when you're on top. But in a moment, in a moment, it can fall apart. In a moment, it can crash. Pride comes before fall. And so when man starts to raise up his own name, it can disappear. You, you, can, you can build a rep- reputation for, for, for 30, 30, 40 years and lose it in a moment. And so if you want to learn how to make the best speech that you've ever regretted, do it when you're angry. <laughs> do it when you're bitter. Do it when you're mad. And you'll regret it. You'll make mistakes. And, and you may have to climb, get back on your feet from falling on your face. And then we, we talked about this morning about how honour is our posture, and this is probably something yet again our culture. It's not a norm because we're we've got that kind of we all tra- we all think we're right, and we're all we have got that democratic decision, and and, and so we're all pulling in different directions, and and so honour sometimes is not that respect. Even in the employment sector, honour is not always there because you can there's people taking people to court for fun. And, and just because they looked at them the wrong way or, and things like that. And so we've got to be careful that, that, that we honor, that, that we're, we don't fall into the trap of not honoring one another. Because honor is the currency of the kingdom. The, the, first, the first promise in the Bible, in Ephesians 6 and 2, says honor your father and your mother. For this is the first commandment with a promise. And the promise is life, life-giving promise. And so, if you go around and you, see, this is if you don't what you don't honor, you can't receive from. You, so respect is earned, but honor is given. And so, what it doesn't say is, hey, honor your father and mother if they do a good job. Honor your father and mother if they give you everything you've ever wanted. Honor your father and mother if. They never make mistakes or never get angry. It doesn't say that. It just says, honor your father and mother. Why? Why is the Bible saying that? Why is God saying that? He's saying that because evil doesn't break the curse of evil. Repaying evil for evil doesn't fix anything. It just, it it, it gives birth. It multiplies sin. It multiplies destruction. It multiplies pain. How you you fix evil is you, you repay evil with good. And that's very hard to do if you're living in a natural way with your own mind and not not a a mind fixed on the love that Jesus gives you. If you don't have grace, you've nothing to give. You can't give grace to people if you don't have it. And so that's why it's so important that we understand what Jesus done on the cross and how He gave us grace, He gave us hope. Um, And so honor is a posture and it's something that we've got to ensure that we have can I get an amen? Is this, is anyone out there? Yes? Excellent. Uh, th- third point, excellence is our standard. Excellence is our standard. Yeah, I was going, um, I've been in a few uh, spas. Does anyone like a wee spa break? A wee jacuzzi? <laughs> oh, I love a wee spa. Um wee jacuzzi, steam room, and so I'm used to going to those places, and you have to go to, to, to really get a good experience, you've got to go to, like a, a reall, really nice hotel, which I rarely go to, and, uh, but there was one opened up there in the Lisburn Omniplex, Is a great plug, I, sh- I shouldn't probably be saying this, but, because I don't like it when it's crowded, but, but it's absolutely, it feels like a hotel, but it's for the price, for a good price and uh, I just love to go there and they've got these wee so I usually go into the steam room then into the sauna then into the jacuzzi and just lie there and just let my just go into my nothing box where nothing exists and nothing happens um, and then into the plunge pool I hate that but it's great after um, and then get onto this little uh, heated deck chair thing what is it? heated what's them things called? whatever Thing you li- Is it a deck chair, or like deck, whatever? Just li- I just lay down on a heated Langer. lounger. Thanks, Liz. A heated lounger. Um, free coffee for you after. They're free. Um, and I I love to just go in there. But what what makes it so nice is because the environment is set up in such a way where the where the I hate going into jacuzzi um, that, that is like. I used to own one, one of those lazy spa spa ones that you blow up in the back garden when I just got my house. I was like, right guys, come on around, (laughs) the spa's on. And and you see if you had it maybe two or three degrees less, it wasn't enjoyable. It was like lukewarm, it wasn't nice, I didn't even want to get in it. Um, But when it was at that right temperature at about 40 degrees, just between 38 and 40 it was a massive difference. It, It was really enjoyable. I was excited to get in it. And then when I go to the spa, in the same way you go to some spas and they're trying to cut corners and they're trying to be efficient and they're just trying to present, be present, just to have it there. They've lost their kind of passion for excellence. What happens is it's not an enjoyable experience. I don't want to go back. It doesn't smell nice. It looks all, I don't want to run down the council ones, but you know, it just, it's not the same. And... and what I started to realize was the same also applies to every part of our life. Because when we have an excellent spirit, it's attractive. Because what excellence done for me was it created comfort, it created a desire to go somewhere, it created an experience that I could literally relax and enjoy. And that's what I believe that God has called us to do with the church. That excellence is not perfection, it's doing the best with what you have. And so as the church, we want to make sure that the attitudes that we have when we do the tea or the coffee, that we have an attitude of excellence, it doesn't mean we won't make mistakes and it won't always get it right, but what it does mean is that we're always learning. We're always growing. As far as the environment's concerned, we're thinking about what's going to make you most comfortable as you come in. What's going to help you to worship God? What's going to help you to, to get rid of distractions? Why do we have a dim and dark? That's because we want you to focus on God and not what people think of you in the room. Have you ever went into a room and all the lights are on, and you've went into a new church or whatever, and you're just like, you're nervous. What, have, what, are, what are they going to? What are they doing in there? Are they going like to call me out and ask me, first time guests, can they all stand up? Everyone look at the first time guests. How embarrassing is that? And so, and so we want to create a home, a, pl- a place where people feel like they belong, a, a place where people feel loved and so the reason we value excellence is because we love people because we want them to feel valued we want to put on a banquet we want to put on a feast we want people to know that God loves them and sometimes you know by what people people do that they love you more so than what they say we could talk all day and and let you down with how we present it amen and so it says here in In Daniel 6 and 3, it says, Then Daniel became distinguished above all other presidents and satraps because an excellent spirit, everyone say excellent spirit, was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Why? Because he had an excellent spirit. Because when things are excellent, God works through excellence. He works, He blesses people through excellence. What I've had to realize over the years as I've done ministry and and different things like that was, actually God, sometimes we put so much responsibility on God that we don't have to do anything. Let's just pray and hope that God does something. No, I've started to realize that actually God has called us to create heaven. God has actually put it in us to work through us, that actually a move of God happens when man actually believes God at His word and moves on His behalf. That's when God begins to move. Actually, He's given us a lot of responsibility on this earth. And yes, God is sovereign, and yes, God is over all, and yes, God uh, knows the, the beginning of the end. Oh, absolutely. But God has also given us free will to do something, to make something of our life. If you're in a situation that doesn't look like it, the way you expect it to work out, I promise you, you can do something. And it starts with prayer. But it finishes with an action. It finishes with a movement. And as you begin to move, God will begin to move with you. God will begin to open doors as you move. Intentions don't create heaven on earth. Movement does. And so that's why as an excellent spirit, we've got to move in excellence. we got to, and you know sometimes it's, Actually, most of the time, excellence is not convenient. But if your heart is fixed on loving people and people are your priority, then it makes it all worth it. If it's just a a meaningless task, it's a meaningless task. You'll get burnt out. You'll you'll give up. You'll not last the test of time. But if you connect it to people sitting on the seat, and you know, just this morning, we heard amazing stories of just people coming in out of church for years. You know they had a breakdown in, in, in a relationship and, and just in need of a home. And so because some of our guys came early, set up this place, sacrificed their time because of their love for people and for God, that person felt at home. They felt and experienced the love of God through us. They felt like they belonged because some people decided to make a difference because some people decided to make a, make a change because some people decided to give up of their own time trying to build their own kingdoms and their own life and said, "No, know what, I'm going seek to seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things shall work out for me and then all these things shall fall into place Amen? and then lastly joy is our choice. Joy is our choice. As the band come ahead on, back up. Joy is our choice. It says here in James 1, verses 2 to 4, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Everyone say joy. Everyone say joy. It's that's a, that's a bad way to say Joy. It's joy. Lord, help us. You know, it's good to have fun in church. We're in church. That's one thing that I believe the church should be, full of joy. I can't wait for a Friday night when a Friday night comes and this place is filled, packed to the rafters with the youth having a phone party or something, full of joy, with beats going having fun and the church being the place that they think of when they think of joy when they think of life then they think of something that's going to give to them and not take and not make them feel full of shame and guilt all the time listen we all know we're sinners I think we all, most people know that they've messed up in many hours of our lives but it's only love can change that It's only the love of God can break the cycle of sin. It's only the acceptance of a Savior who died on the cross and paid for our guilt and our shame. It's only receiving that acceptance that brings freedom. And so the message that we've got to drill into our heads and into our hearts and we've got to preach to people with boldness is that God has paid a price for you. God has paid a price for your mess. God has paid a price for your mistakes. God has paid a price for your situations. But the the biggest obstacle you're going to face is can you bring yourself to accept His love? Can you bring yourself to accept the belief that you're worthy of His love? And as you accept that, i telling you, God will change your life because all of a sudden your identity isn't no longer a sinner who is messed up, who, who deserves to be broken, who deserves to be messed up, who deserves to be rejected because of the things you got wrong. All of a sudden your identity becomes, I'm a son and I'm a daughter and I'm worthy because of what Jesus has done and I can walk into the righteousness of Christ. I can walk free I can walk with, a, with, a, with a, the weight lifted as I surrender my life daily. I can clothe myself with righteousness. But it, it, it comes when you receive Jesus as Lord and your it comes when you let go of trying to do life your own way. Listen, none of us know where it all began. That's why people struggle to ask the question, where did the heavens come from? You look into the the smallest of cells in the human body. It's so ordered and so structured and so small, but but yet it's it's like it's been designed. And the mind can't conceive. The mind doesn't understand. It's short circuits. But listen, his fingerprint, his DNA is all over you. It's all over us. It's all over the universe. It's, it's everywhere around us. And if you can just let go and receive what Jesus done, listen, the message, Jesus, there's so much evidence. He's still the most popular man on earth today. The, the Bible is still the most read book that's ever been read upon the earth today. Humanity is centered historically in the person of Jesus he is the cornerstone not just of our faith but of humanity when people go to research when u- universities go to research a religion they're researching Jesus when you compare Jesus to the person of Muhammad there, Muhammad self-proclaimed man married a widow I was teaching it in school the other, other week just as a part of the curriculum he's just a man But Jesus claimed to be the son of a living God. He's either a liar, he's either a lunatic, or he's who he says he is. I'm telling you. And so as we we finish off in worship here, you know, it says consider it joy when you go through all kinds of trials and tribulations and brokenness because God wants to, to build you. And somehow some way, God, God uses trials, He uses suffering in our lives to sometimes bring humility, to sometimes bring sight where we were once blind, sometimes in those areas, we, we cry out, we pray, even if we never believed before, because we realize that there's got to be more. And as we go in to launch this church and shine a light of hope, a beacon of hope. Our our main message that you'll see on the billboard is, there is more. And so I want to speak that over your life tonight, that in your situation, whatever that is, the weight, the burden, the worry that you're carrying right now, I want to let you know that there is more, that God has got more for you in your life. He's not finished with you yet. No matter how much you've messed up, no matter how much you feel discouraged, no matter how blind you feel or numb you feel, listen, God has got more for you tonight.